from the message, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows, and you find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath. And then you send me in the right direction. Hello, we're so glad that you've come to join us in worship. From wherever you are, whatever day of the week it is, if it's morning, afternoon, or evening, we still come together to worship God. 
Our theme today is pretty special. It is this God you know, the God who rescues. In light of that, I'd like to just perhaps set us on our course as we begin this journey to getting to know this God we know. The story that you're going to hear from the Gospel of Luke is about Jesus, the good shepherd, going after the one lost sheep and bringing that sheep back to the fold. I always think it's an amazing thing when we reach into Scripture and we perhaps paint a visual picture of what Jesus looking after and searching for that lost sheep looks like, what it's like when he finally reaches the sheep and perhaps puts it over his shoulders to bring it back to the flock. And of course, all that a metaphor for us. There have definitely been times in all of our lives when we have wandered, when we have been lost. And the message from Luke is about God's grace, that nothing will stop Jesus from a search and rescue mission of finding us because we are so loved. It's also important to know that in the timeline that Jesus was in, that this parable was taught, he was on his way to Jerusalem, to the cross, thus saying that there's nothing that will stop God through Christ in searching for us, rescuing us, and loving us, and bringing us back to the fold. There's a beautiful reading I came across not long ago, and perhaps it'll be your commissioning into the service today. It goes like this. You might be thinking that God is searching and searching and searching for some other poor sheep, a flagrant sinner desperately lost. But what if this story was all about you? What if God was searching and searching and searching for you? What if in one holy moment you cast aside your shepherd's crock, your job, your degree, even your faith, and stumbled off bleeding and unsure in the world? What if in one sacred second you saw yourself as God might, as one lost, desperately needing to be found? And what if your ears were perked for the one who seeks only to place you where you belong in his presence, the one who is always ready to scoop you up and rejoice. Brothers and sisters, friends, in this service of worship, may you find yourself gathered in, lifted up, and held by Jesus, your good shepherd. Let us worship God. God calls to the lost, the least, and all who long for home. God calls when we wander from the path chosen for us and waste the gifts we have been given. God calls and welcomes us back to worship this day. Let us celebrate and rejoice in God's presence forever. Come, let us celebrate the forgiving, reconciling love of God. For once we were lost and felt so far away. Now we have been found and welcomed home. Know that God's love is lavished upon you forever. We rejoice at the news of forgiveness and hope. Come, let us celebrate and praise the God of love. When the lost are found, there's, there's joy. When hope overcomes despair, there's joy. When we seek and find God's faithfulness, there's joy. Let, let us worship God.
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. I first believe my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns.
No matter how familiar we are with them, the stories of Jesus continuously catch us off guard. Whether we think ourselves as righteous, dutiful children or sheep who have gone astray, Christ reminds us of our continuous need for him. Let us now acknowledge our shortcomings and remind ourselves of God's grace by praying together the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Great Shepherd, we come to you today recognizing that, like lost sheep, we have gone astray. You have given us your word and called us to live by your commandments. Yet seeking greener pastures, we have squandered the riches you have given us and lived lives focused on ourselves. We have also failed to see the needs of others and refused to offer forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Remind us, O God, of your gift of your own Son. Empower us with your grace and call us to rejoice as sheep who have been returned to your fold. Amen. Jesus said, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. My friends, experience God's forgiveness and joy, gifts that lead to new life. Alleluia. Amen. Good morning, everyone. How are you? I have a question for you today. When you think about kindness and love, what shape comes to your mind? A heart? That's what I was thinking too. Well, I have a little story to share with you today. And my story is about two friends, a boy named Tommy and a girl named Molly. Well, Tommy and Molly were playing together and having fun when all of a sudden something happened and Tommy became angry and he yelled at Molly and he said some unkind words to her. Well, Molly, she did not like the way that Tommy was talking to her, so she yelled some unkind words to him. And pretty soon, Tommy and Molly were yelling and shouting at each other and they were not being very kind. Well, that heart that makes us think about love changed. That heart didn't look the same anymore. In the Bible, there are some special words um, that we can find in the book of Matthew. Matthew 7, verse 12. And in the book of Matthew, Matthew is writing about something important. Matthew says, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. I think you've probably heard those words before, haven't you? Those words are sometimes called the golden rule. Now Matthew wrote about those words, but do you know who said those words? Jesus did. Jesus said those words, and he is telling us that we need to treat others with kindness. We need to think about our words and our actions before we do them. We need to think about other people and how they are feeling. You know, it's really hard to fix a wrinkled heart. We need to think and be smart. Because a wrinkled heart is something that's hard to fix. 
we, we think about love when we think about hearts. And we want that love of Jesus to be able to, to come from us and to be able to be shared with other people. So it's real important that we remember that golden rule. And we need to think about doing to others as we would want them to do to us. Let's pray. Hold your hands and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus who taught us to care for one another. Help us to follow his example and show our love and kindness with others. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Okay, boys and girls, I am hoping that you have a great day and remember the golden rule and remember, be This morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke. I'll be reading from chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a, a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, that the, in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm pretty certain most of us are quite familiar with the concept of being lost or losing things. And we learn this from a pretty early age. We all probably have plenty of stories we could share about being lost in a store or at the ballpark. Those brief moments of terror when we can't seem to find our parents. Or we may have a few stories about misplacing an object or two, like our car keys or glasses only to find them in our pockets or on top of our heads. I always love reading about those stories of things that have been missing for decades, like wallets or wedding rings, that somehow make their way back to their rightful owner thanks to the help of social media. For some reason, I personally have a problem with getting lost every time I hike the trails at Rotary Park. Every time, without fail. A couple of years ago, Pastor Kelly and I wanted to get out of the office for a little bit, so we decided to head over to Rotary. And before heading into the woods, I told Kelly about this little problem of mine, but we went anyway. And sure enough, after going around and around in circles for a bit, we decided to exit the woods through someone's backyard then followed the street out of the subdivision until we ended up somewhere out on Merriman Road and hiked back around to the park's entrance on Six Mile. I warned her. Some of us may be directionally challenged, and that gets us lost on occasion. My dad used to tease my older sister Kim and say she could get lost inside a shower stall. 
When my family moved from Livonia to Farmington Hills, when I was a kid, we continued to worship at our home congregation here in Livonia. My sister Kim was learning how to drive at the time. So one day after church, my dad made her drive home to Farmington Hills without giving her any directions. What should have only been a 20-minute trip took two hours. We all have stories of being lost or losing things, or maybe we even have stories about losing loved ones or relationships or even our faith. It's a concept and a reality we all understand well. I have found this morning's scripture reading about the parable of the lost sheep to be fairly intricate in nature, as there are a variety of angles in which we as readers could interpret it. Many will use this passage as a way to remind themselves that we as Christians have been asked to seek out those who are not a part of the flock, those who are not a part of the church or who have a relationship with Christ, and to bring them to Jesus, to bring them into the fold of the church. So this passage can be very evangelistic in nature, and there certainly is merit to that. But today, I would like to focus on the side of this passage that highlights a God who recklessly pursues and rescues those who are lost and those who have purposely strayed. First of all, we need to take a moment and be mindful of the audience Jesus is addressing. Luke tells us that tax collectors and sinners have gathered around to listen to what Jesus has to say. Now, the tax collectors in Jesus' day were not liked people at all. They were Israelites who worked for Rome, collecting taxes from their neighbors on Rome's behalf, and oftentimes collecting more money than Rome required and pocketing it for themselves. So many were very dishonest in their work. And I am fascinated by the description of the other group of people who are gathered around. They are simply noted as sinners. Aren't we all a sinner? Just something to ponder for a moment. And apparently Jesus is actually having a meal with these guys as they talk because the passage says that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the self-proclaimed religious elite of the day, criticized Jesus by saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. In their mind, that was a definite social faux pas. And even though Jesus' invited guests to this meal are the tax collectors and sinners, it's quite clear that he addresses this parable to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, his very vocal critics. And here is a reminder as to what he said. Suppose one of you, having 100 sheep, loses one. Would you not leave the 99 and go after the lost sheep to find it? And when you do find your lost sheep, would you not rejoice and invite your friends to rejoice with you? I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And this is what I love best about Jesus' teaching. God is the one in pursuit. So often times in the church, we give the message that we need to be the ones to pursue God. We need to be the ones who are actively creating this relationship and tending to it to make it work. 
And in some respects, this is all true because all relationships are a two-way street. However, what if we take a moment to pause and reflect on this truth? God has already established a relationship with you and God is the one who is actively pursuing each and every one of us. God is not the one who has gone astray, been lost, or running away from us. God is the one who is chasing us down and desperate to get to us so that he can rejoice in our presence. John Ortberg, in his book, Love Beyond Reason, writes this, The story of God and the human race is a story of hide-and-seek, Only we get confused sometimes about who is it. How would that change our perspective on God if we took a moment to acknowledge that we may be the ones who are hiding and God is the one who is it and is the one who is trying to find us? There is a scene in the movie Forrest Gump where Forrest is living with Lieutenant Dan for a brief time after they both served together in Vietnam. Forrest had saved Lieutenant Dan's life when the lieutenant lost his legs in a battle. Yet Lieutenant Dan was quite bitter towards Forrest for doing this because he felt that it was his destiny to die in battle just like many of his ancestors had over the years. And Forrest had robbed him of this. So Lieutenant Dan was feeling lost as he was trying to navigate civilian life without the use of his legs and angry for still being alive. So one night, Lieutenant Dan asks Forrest this question. Have you found Jesus yet, Doug? I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, so. (laughs) A simple response from a simple man, yet it speaks volumes to his personal sense of peace and awareness as later in the scene he tells Lieutenant Dan that he was going to heaven. To me, this implies that Forrest knew he had already been found. We all have reasons for going astray, and the question may be, are we legitimately lost, or are we purposely trying to remove ourselves from God? Have we chosen to be lost? Did we just get turned around in life and lose our way? Life has a way of throwing things at us that can completely knock us off of our game and turn, and in turn mess with our relationship with God and with one another. Maybe your job and home life and responsibilities became so demanding that one moment you're tucked safe and sound within the community of faith and the next moment you are wandering around in the open country all alone because these demands on your life kept you from being able to attend Sunday morning worship or Bible study or your own personal prayer time. Perhaps you received a difficult health diagnosis, one that will change the course of your life and one that will cause physical and emotional pain and discomfort, and in turn you're angry with God and decide to turn away from him and wander off on your own because after all, How can you believe and trust in a God who would, in your way of thinking, do this to you? Maybe you have something in your past 
or perhaps a secret sin you're dealing with now that make you believe that you are not good enough to be a part of God's community and so you have deliberately separated yourself from God and others. And these days, it might feel like you have been forced away from the flock thanks to the pandemic and the need for social distancing and the fact that you cannot physically worship inside the building of your chosen church home has made you feel lost and disconnected, longing to return to the flock you know so well, yet for safety purposes need to remain isolated. Or maybe, quite simply, you have just never had a relationship with Jesus and never felt the need for one. And being a part of a church community and under the protection of God's grace just isn't something you see the need in. Regardless of what our stories may be or where we are currently finding ourselves in the ebbs and flows of our faith journeys, chances are you have been that sheep that has gone astray for one reason or another, at one time or another. And the good news is you are being pursued relentlessly by what has sometimes been called a reckless love of God. God's love is reckless because there is nothing that he won't do to get to you and to find you and to bring you home. It would be easy to criticize the shepherd here in Jesus' parable because it seems irresponsible of the shepherd to leave 99 sheep unattended and unprotected for all, all for the rescue of one. But the 99 aren't lost, are they? The 99 are safe in the fold and there is safety in numbers and safety within the confines of a community. The shepherd trusts the community to watch out for one another. In the open country, it is more dangerous to be alone than with others. And yes, that may still be considered irresponsible and reckless, but God pursues the lost anyway, and God is pursuing you. And once he finds you and tracks you down, he rejoices. Whether he finds you because you had a moment of clarity in your life and you stop running and let God catch up, or whether you turn away from some sin that is keeping you from him, or whether you simply acknowledge that you need God's strength and peace to face whatever adversity you are facing, God will rejoice. This parable is all about searching, finding, and rejoicing, all manifestations of God's grace. God is recklessly searching for you to rescue you from the dangers of the vast unpredictability of the open country of life. And he will not stop until he finds you. And once he does, he will rejoice over you with a love like no other. Regardless of why we are lost in the first place, this God of grace will find us. And this God of love will celebrate because what was once lost has now been found. Praise be to God. Alleluia. Amen. You are not hidden. 
There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. There is no distance. That cannot be covered over and over. You're not defenseless. I'll be your shelter. I'll be your armor. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. I will never stop marching to reach you in the middle of the hardest fight. It's true, I will rescue you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have received much from God, grace, mercy, abundance, the love of Christ, and the gift of life itself. In our worship, we praise God and give God thanks for these gifts. Let us now offer what we can as a way of saying thank you. In gratitude for God's generosity, let us share God's abundance with one another.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for these gifts and ask they be used to help the needy in our community and throughout the world. As we offer you these gifts, we offer ourselves as well, that together we might transform the world with your grace and love. Thank you for allowing us to serve you and your people in this way. God of abundant grace, may your Holy Spirit be with us now as we worship you this day. Open our eyes to truly see one another, that we might discover your presence in the smile of a neighbor. Open our ears to the needs of the world, that we might hear your wisdom in the words spoken around us. Open our hearts to your grace and love, that we might find guidance and strength for the journey, for ourselves and for one another. Caring Lord, like the sheep who wanders away from the care and guidance of his shepherd, we have all been lost. We thank you that you do not leave us in that state, but pursue us out of your compelling love and your sense of justice. Grant us a measure of participation in your love and justice that we may pursue all things lost with that same sense of urgency. We continue our prayers this day for the world around us, for our world still in the throes of COVID-19, for communities under fire and in distress, for politicians seeking greed over goodness, for the unemployed, for the uninsured, for the undeserved, for broken hearts, broken homes, broken spirits. All of this, holy God, we lay at your feet and ask for your divine intervention upon it all. We are grateful that you continue to pursue us long after we have turned away from you, that your love is reckless and overwhelming and will never abandon us or let us go astray. Thank you, seeking God, for the many manifestations of your grace. All this we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
was your fault Still your love far from me You have been so, so good to me When I felt no words You paid it all for me You have been so, so Creator God, found by the grace of Christ, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit, go forth and share with others the good news we have received. Amen. Amen. 
My friends, I am sure that there is somebody in your world that could use the peace of Christ this week. So as we have been doing, we have been asking you to find three people in your life that could use the hand of Christ. So my friends, take some time this week to pass along some peace to someone else. So my friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Please share the signs of peace with your neighbors. Thank you.